I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewis.substack.com. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneewis, and this is the audio version of the three-page article I wrote and published on my Substack, rabbishnewis.substack.com, on July 21st, 2023, and the article is entitled Devarim, The Idolatry of Showing Favoritism in Judgment. Section 1. The Facts and the Main Question The first mitzvot mentioned in Sefer Devarim pertain to judges. Moshe Rabbeinu recounts, quote, I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Listen among your brothers and judge righteously between a man and his brother and his sojourner. Do not show favoritism in judgment. Listen to the small and the great alike. Do not tremble before any man, because the judgment belongs to God. And the thing that is too difficult for you, bring it to me and I will listen. End quote. From Devarim 1, 16-17. What exactly is the prohibition of hakaras panim bamishpat, showing favoritism in judgment? One might assume that this is a prohibition for judges to show favoritism when judging cases. Indeed, this interpretation is given by those who endeavor to explain the pshat of the written Torah. See Ibn Ezra, Ibn Kaspi, Rabag, and others. The explanation transmitted in the oral Torah, based on Sifri cited by Rashi, is quite different. Here is the Ramam's presentation of the halacha in Hilchos Sanhedrin Ve'onchin Hamasurin Lehem 3, 8 through 9. Quote, any high court, king, or exilarch who appoints a judge for Israel who is not proper and is not wise in the wisdom of the Torah and fit to be a judge, even though he is filled with other desirable traits and has other good qualities, the one who appoints him transgresses a Torah prohibition. As it is stated, do not show favoritism in judgment. The oral Torah teaches us that this is addressed to the person who is in charge of appointing judges. End quote. This understanding of do not show favoritism in judgment is counterintuitive. The prohibition is not addressed to the judges themselves, but to those who appoint the judges. The Pasuk doesn't proscribe showing favoritism in rendering judgment, but in appointing the judge. The Ramam continues, quote, The sages said, Maybe you will say, So-and-so is handsome, I will appoint him as judge. So-and-so is strong, I will appoint him as judge. So-and-so is my relative, I will appoint him as judge. So-and-so knows all languages, I will appoint him as a judge. Consequently, he will exonerate the liable and convict the innocent, not because he is wicked, but because he doesn't know. Therefore, it was said, do not show favoritism in judgment. End quote. This prohibition is repeated in the opening psukim of Parshas Shoftim, followed by an apparent non sequitur. So this is in Devarim 16, 18 through 22. Quote, Judges and officers you shall appoint for yourselves in all of your gates, which Hashem your God gives you for your tribes, and they shall judge the people with a righteous judgment. Do not pervert judgment. Do not show favoritism. Do not take a bribe, because a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and corrupts righteous principles. Righteousness, righteousness shall you pursue in order that you live and inherit the land that Hashem your God gives you. Do not plant an Asherah, an idolatrous tree, or an idolatry, any tree at all, next to the altar of Hashem your God that you will make. Do not erect for yourself a Matseva, an idolatrous platform that Hashem your God hates. End quote. Rambam concludes these halachos by citing Chazal's homiletical reason for this juxtaposition. Quote, The sages also said, anyone who appoints an improper judge for Israel, it is as if he erected a matzeva. As it is stated, do not erect a matzeva that Hashem your God hates. If it is in place of a Torah scholar, it is as if he planted an asherah. As it is stated, do not plant an asherah, any tree at all, next to the altar of Hashem your God that you will make. Likewise, the sages said, do not make with me gods of silver and gods of gold. That's Elohei Chesef, Elohei Zahav. Uh, and Chazal interpret an Eloah, 
a god, which in Hebrew is the same word for judge, who comes for silver and gold. This refers to a judge who is appointed because of his wealth. This brings us to our main question. How is showing favoritism in judgment, as defined by the Oral Torah, comparable to building a matseva and planting an asherah? What idea are Chazal trying to teach us? Approach number one, Hakaras Panim and Avodazar in general. From a methodological standpoint, there are two approaches one can take. The first is to assume that Hazal intend to draw our attention to the common denominator between Hakaras Panim and Avodazara in general. According to this approach, the references to Matseva and Asherah in the Psukim are merely a hook for the drasha, the homily, but the main idea is about the theme of Avodazara itself. The second approach assumes that Hazal's teaching relates Hakaras Panim to Matseva and Asherah as particular Avodazara institutions. In my opinion, both approaches are viable. Since everyone I asked was drawn to the first approach, I'll begin by sharing two ideas which follow that approach. Yehoshua, a student of mine, explained that the essence of Avodah is the attribution of power to that which has no power, mistakenly believing that this will yield some benefit. The harm in this is twofold. The idolater turns away from the source of reality, who actually has the power to benefit, and places their trust in falsehood, which will prove fruitless and destructive. Yirmiyahu Hanavi, speaking in Hashem's name, expressed this in last week's Haftarah. Quote, For my people did two evils. They abandoned me, the source of living waters, to dig for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. End quote, from Yirmiyahu 2.13. Similarly, one who appoints a judge based on any quality other than Torah mastery endows that judge with a power he doesn't or shouldn't possess and expects this appointment to yield a benefit in return. Not only will this cut the populace off from the living waters of Hashem's justice, which bring about righteousness and peace in society, but it will subject them to the destructive forces of self-serving human dictates and whims. In short, both Avodazara and Hakaras Panim set up a false reality to which people will attribute powers without any legitimate basis, thereby engendering harmful societal consequences on a systemic level. Another explanation in line with this first approach was suggested by Brooke another student of mine who, coincidentally, happens to be married to Yehoshua. She theorized that both Avodazara and Hakaras Panim stem from a flawed value system in which the physical is elevated over the spiritual. Avodazara began when people directed their worship towards the manifestations of God's greatness in the physical universe, rather than God himself. Over time, they became so focused on physicality that, quote, the revered and awesome name of God became forgotten from the mouths and minds of all who arose, and they no longer recognized it. End quote from Hilchos of Odazara of Hukosagoim 1 2. One who overlooks a judicial candidate's deficiencies in Torah knowledge and appoints him based on his appearance, his wealth, his strength, or other superficial attributes has committed a similar error, prizing the physical over the metaphysical and allowing the former to supplant the latter. Both of these explanations are entirely satisfactory, and yet, Whenever my Rebbe, Rabbi Moskowitz Zatzal, was confronted with two approaches to a question or a problem, he would always take the more difficult of the two, believing it would be more likely to yield new insights. With that in mind, I'd like to attempt the second approach. Approach number two, Matseva and Asherah in particular. First, we must answer two questions. What are Matseva and Asherah, and why did the Torah prohibit them? Fortunately, the answers to both questions are clear from even a cursory reading of the Ramam's writings. Sefer Mitzvos Losase number 11, quote, The 11th negative commandment is the prohibition to make a matseva for people to gather around and honor, even if it was made for the sake of serving Hashem. The reason for this is that we should not make his worship similar to a Vodazara, for this is what the idolaters would do. They would build matsevos and place the worshipped object upon them, end quote. Next quote from Hilkos Vodazara 6.6, 6. 
The Maseba that the Torah prohibited is a structure that everyone gathers around, even to serve Hashem, because this was the custom of Avodah Zarah. As it is stated, do not erect a Maseba which Hashem your God hates. Anyone who erects a Maseba gets lashes. End quote. Next quote is from Hilkos Avodah Zarah 6-7. One who plants a tree next to the altar or anywhere in the courtyard, uh, that's the courtyard of the base of Mikdash, where, whether a decorative tree or a fruit tree, even if one makes it to beautify the Mikdash and to adorn it, he gets lashes. As it is stated, do not plant an Asherah of any tree next to the altar of Hashem your God, which you make, end quote, from the Pazuk, because this is the custom of Avodah Zarah. They would plant trees near their altars so that the people would gather there, end quote. And the last quote is from the Mornevuchim 342. Quote, the prohibitions against a stone floor and planting a tree near the altar have one objective, namely, that we do not worship Hashem with the particular forms of worship that were used by the idolaters. Regarding this objective, we were warned in a general manner in Devarim 1230, which says, do not say, how did these nations, how did these nations worship their gods? I will do the same. Do not do this to Hashem your God, end quote. In other words, do not implement the same forms of worship to Hashem that are used by the idolaters, end quote from the Mornavuchim. According to the Ramam, Matseva and Asherah are rallying points for Avodah Zarah, locations where the idolaters would gather for public worship. They were prohibited by the Torah because they are customs of Avodah Zarah that were attractive enough for the Jews to want to incorporate into their own worship of Hashem. With this understanding of Matseva and Asherah, we are now in a position to answer our question. Psych! That's actually as far as I got with the second approach. I have a few faint glimmers of intuition, but not enough to develop into a full idea. At least not in time to get the article out tonight, which is what I'd like to do. If you have any ideas, please let me know in the comments. Maybe if I hear something I like enough, I'll send out an update before Shabbos. I'll end by sharing my concluding thoughts. Concluding thoughts on current events. At the time of this article's publication, the modern state of Israel is embroiled in a seething controversy about judicial appointments. I am so woefully ignorant about the intricacies of Israeli politics that I can assure you that there are no hidden messages or implications in this article. I will, however, say that those who have opinions on judicial appointments in Israel and in America and in every other country would do well to consider their political stance in light of the Torah's laws about how judges should and should not be appointed. Even if we can't expect these laws to be implemented by the powers that be, the philosophical ideas and ethical teachings are just as relevant. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewos at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.